0: Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stock Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. First Chronicles 4, 9 says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain and Jabez cried out to the God of Israel oh that you would bless me and enlarge my territory let your hand be with me will you say that with me let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain and God granted his request isn't that amazing let's go to the Lord in prayer would you just Lift your hands like this and receive. God, today, God, we come to you humble, asking you, Lord, to do in us what we can't do for ourselves. God, the words that I would say today, Lord, are nothing. But God, when you come, it changes everything. And so God, today, God, we we give ourselves to you and we ask, Lord, that you be glorified in Jesus' name. And we can all say together, amen you may be seated you may be seated well I'm so glad again that you're here those of you watching online we are so glad that you are joining us my name is Chesney I'm the family ministry pastor and I'm so excited to get to bring the message today I'm so excited to be with you Um, we are continuing our series called prayer requests how many of you have a prayer request probably everybody in the room, amen? We all have something that we want God to do for us, something that we need him to do for us. There was a little boy named Johnny who was at home and he was misbehaving and his mother sent him to his room. And about 30 minutes later, Johnny came out, he emerged and he said, Mom, I thought about what I did and I prayed. And she said, well, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you asked God to help you not to misbehave. I know that he will help you. And he said, no, I didn't pray that I wouldn't misbehave. I prayed for you that you could put up with me. <laughs> Kids, right? They, the Bible says they're a blessing, but sometimes I question, right? We are looking at a man named Jabez, who there's little known about him, as you know. We've been looking at his life for the last three weeks. Little known about him except for these two verses of Scripture in amongst what seems to be his family tree. And so in this chapter, his prayer is recorded. And I think that if God took time out of history to tell us about Jabez, that maybe it would be important for us to look at what it means for us in this time. So pastor talked about his first two prayer requests. He said, oh, that you would bless me. And the King James Version says, bless me indeed. And pastor talked to us about blessed to be a blessing, that God blesses us in order that we can go and that we can help others. And the second week of that, he talked about how we can become more blessable in order that we can make room even in our finances every day so that God can pour more in us so that we can give. And then last week, pastor talked to us about, Lord, that Jabez's request of that you would enlarge my territory, that you would help my sphere of influence become greater in order that we can do what we can love like God loves. So today we're talking about the third prayer request that Jabez had, and that is let your hand be with me. Would you say that again? Let your hand be with me. That's what we want. See, Jabez understood that if God was going to bless him indeed, if he was going to enlarge his territory like never before, he understood that he was going to need God's hand like never before. Amen. Amen. When you're going to do something big for God, you better ask for his hand to go with you. Amen? Amen. And so we understand that God's hand equals God's presence, that God's hand equals God's power, his spirit walking with us. And Jabez understood that, and we can understand that as well. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you probably talk to God, you probably read about God, you probably uh, think about God. But my question for you today is, where is God? Think about it just for a moment. Where is God? We, we talk about this with our kids and all kinds of things and we all have different uh, answers, I'm sure. But God tells us the answer in Psalm 139 and verses seven through 10. The psalmist asks this question and I think that God answers it here as well. And, and this is what it says, it's on your outline. It's there on your screen. If you're at home, you can follow along. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Don't we need his hand? to guide us it's mind-boggling for me to think that god never has to go anywhere because he is already there he's already there and so god's omnipresence is some, isn't some grand theological idea no it's a practical and powerful application that we can know each day for when we are in difficult circumstances for when we feel like we are in over our head have you ever felt like you're in OVER YOUR HEAD. I THINK I LIVE THERE ABOUT 99% OF THE TIME. I FEEL IN OVER MY HEAD RIGHT NOW. WHY? BECAUSE THIS IS A GOD-SIZED THING. AND ANYTIME YOU'RE DOING A GOD-SIZED THING, WE'RE GOING TO LEARN THAT YOU SHOULD FEEL IN OVER YOUR HEAD. I THOUGHT ABOUT OTHER PEOPLE IN THE BIBLE PROBABLY THAT FELT THAT WAY. AND PETER CAME TO MIND IMMEDIATELY BECAUSE HE WAS LITERALLY IN OVER HIS HEAD. WE'RE GOING TO READ about his account in Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 32. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 with the five loaves of bread and the two fish. And he sent the disciples on ahead of him in a boat. I think he needed some time alone, okay? He understood you moms, that sometimes you just need that time. And so Jesus sent the kids on ahead. He needed a little bit of a break. And all of a sudden, as the disciples were on the lake, a a great storm, a great wind took place there where they were. And this is where we pick up the story in Matthew chapter four, verse 25. And this is where we find the disciples needing God's hand. It says this, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him, Walking on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost. They said and they cried out in fear But Jesus immediately said to them Take courage. It is I don't be afraid Lord if it's you Peter replied Tell me to come to you on the water Come he said and then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. I don't relate to Peter. I'm just gonna be really honest with you. I'm not like him. I am not disciplined enough to ask sometimes for big things in my life. And it's not really a badge of honor. It's more of a lack of faith, if I'm honest with you. Peter kind of scares me a little bit, okay? He asked Jesus for something really, really big. Jesus, let me defy gravity. Let me walk out on water and let me come to you. And again, many times I don't ask God for big things because I'm afraid. Because, like many of you, I've lived just long enough to know that when I ask God to do big things, there's probably going to be big opposition coming through my life. Right? When you ask God to do something big, the enemy of your soul doesn't like that. We've seen it through praying for schools. We've seen all kinds of things come against our church family and come against our staff, but anything worth doing, anything God sized, we have to learn to be dependent upon him. Amen. So if I'm a disciple on that day, I'm in the boat. Let's just be honest. I'm the one that when Peter begins to sink, I'm the one saying, see, I told you, Peter, You shouldn't do that. That's why we don't walk on Peter, on the the water, Peter. We're not Jesus. Where's your life jacket? Safety first, right? (laughs) But Peter had the faith to ask, and I love that. And Jesus let him come out. And most of the time we explain this account to kids, we'll say, you know, don't look at your problem, look at Jesus. Always keep your your eyes on Jesus and not your circumstance and that's so true. But for many of us, the lesson is get out of the boat, right? For me, the answer is get out of the boat, stop white knuckling it on the side of the of the of the all the action that's going on and get out of the boat. And so immediately when, when Peter got out of the boat, he began to kind of look at his circumstances, the opposition that was coming against him, the winds and the waves. But Jesus' hand was there to reach down and to pull him up. And so if God is leading you to do something, it's supposed to feel like that. It's supposed to feel like you're over your head. Why? Because that means that you're dependent upon him. Not on your own strength, not on your own power because we're not that good, right? I'm not that good. And so many times I find in my life that I am searching for how to make my life stress-free. Like that's my goal every day is how can I plan ahead just so that there will be no stress and there will be no worries and everything will work seamlessly. But that's really not peace. See, peace is actually that when you, knowing that when you're over your head, that God is with you. That's peace. That's what the peace of God is. And I have to remind myself of that. And I know that you probably do too. So I'm gonna look at three promises today along with you that I wanna point out from God's word about how God empowers us by his spirit to do the impossible. And then what are the action steps that we can take to, to uh, do our part? What is our part to play? So number one on your outline, I want you to write this down. Number one, his hand will bring emotional strength. His hand will bring emotional strength. Ephesians 3.16, this verse, I've never really noticed it like this before. And so it's just come alive to me in this week of looking over this, uh, studying for this sermon. But Ephesians 3.16 says this. FROM HIS UNLIMITED RESOURCES, EVERYBODY SAY UNLIMITED RESOURCES, resources. GOD WILL GIVE YOU WHAT? MIGHTY INNER STRENGTH, ISN'T THAT GOOD? THROUGH THE POWER OF HIS HOLY SPIRIT. SO WILL YOU CIRCLE UNLIMITED RESOURCES AND WILL YOU CIRCLE MIGHTY INNER STRENGTH AND JUST CONNECT THOSE TWO? THAT GOD WILL GIVE YOU UNLIMITED RESOURCES THROUGH HIS HOLY SPIRIT AND THAT WILL EQUAL MIGHTY inner strength in you. The Bible says that Peter became afraid, that he was emotionally shook in this situation. He didn't know what he was going to do. He was literally seeing his circumstances around him afraid, but Jesus reached down. Have you ever been emotionally shook? Yeah? I know many of us are... Grieving loss some of us are Maybe a job loss has happened Maybe divorce papers were served to you this week I don't know where you are, but I know that we can all say that there's been a time in our life where we've probably Been like Peter emotionally shook. We've been afraid This summer was pretty tough for my family Um, We uh, we lost my grandmother in June and you know a lot of people would say you know but she lived a a long life she was to me i would say she was only 83 and she we weren't ready to let her go she was she was our best friend and when she got sick uh for about 30 days uh it seemed to go really really fast but it was also really really slow at the same time you know what i'm saying We were advocating for her care. We were trying to figure out what the next steps were to do. And we prayed for her healing on this side of heaven till it seemed like God was going to heal her on the other side. And then on June the 10th, she passed away and went to heaven. And I know that she's healed today. But there were times when we were so emotionally exhausted. And there were times when we didn't know what to do but God would step in with his unlimited resources and he would take us to the next person that was right to help us. And then that person would help us to the next step to help for her care and to get through that journey of of where she was going. There was a time in the, we were in the emergency room at the beginning of this journey and she was in so much pain and, they were drawing blood and she was bruised and and suffering. And I was holding her hand and the nurse was doing what they they needed to do, but she was just so uncomfortable. And as she was laying there, and all of a sudden just out of her came our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the nurse looked at me and I looked at the nurse and we got teary-eyed and we began to pray with her you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Because when you're in the midst of even your journey to home, God is there. And emotionally, he will take you from one step to the next of where it is that you need to go. His hand will lead you. His hand will guide you. And God gave her the strength as she was relying on him in her last days to rely on him and and to pray. So my action step for us today, as God gives us emotional strength is to pray daily. Pray daily. I know it's simple, but it's so hard when you're in the, the battle to pray. And even sometimes when things are going well, it's hard to remember to pray so so pray daily god was there when peter was sinking jesus was there and peter said lord save me and he called out to jesus when you don't know what to do pray when you do know what to do pray amen Amen. number two his hand will bring physical strength his hand will bring not only emotional strength but number two his hand will bring physical strength. When we get to a place that we're over our head, we may think, well, I must be doing it wrong. It's so hard. I'm in pain or I'm emotionally drained. What, what is going on? I don't have the energy to continue to do this, God. What is your will? But just like Jabez, that's our cue to pray, oh, that your hand would be with me. When it's manageable, God's given us the brain process and the brain power to to do things on our own. But when you're trying to walk on water, it's a different story, amen? When you're doing the everyday things of life, we know in routine and in by habits how to do these things. But when you're out there doing something God-sized, it's a different story. When God gives you a big task, you asked for his hand. My friend Wendy Rail came to me and said, I want to do something for kids that are touched by divorce and separation in our church. I want to create a group called Divorce Care for Kids that they can come and they can feel cared for. It's not therapy, but they can feel encouraged. And, and it's a big thing and I'm scared. She said, I don't know who's going to help me. And I said, God will help us. He will put together a team. He will put together what we need and he will bring the kids. And so I know that God's in this because he's already put the team together and, and he's starting to bring kids. But if you know somebody, if, you're, if that's you and, and your kids and your family have been touched by divorce or separation, just check that box on the back of your connection card and we'll send you some information just to help you know what to do. That may be something that's good for your kids. I know this fall that we're going to need group leaders. Our church is growing. Look around, right? There's another service coming just like this one. And we need people in the fall to help us lead groups for people just like you. Here, here's the thing. If you can read, you can lead. It's that simple. We will just hand you a piece of paper, and if you'll just be willing to have some people, we'll help you even with the sign-ups. We'll help you get people to where it is. You want to meet here. You want to meet in a park. You want to meet at a restaurant in your home. Whatever that looks like, we need you. We need you to step up and to help us lead adults this fall. So if you check that box on the back of your card, it doesn't mean that you're signing up. It just means send me information. Would you do that? If you've been in a group, you know how it works. And just put your little checkbox on the back of there. And I know Pastor Chris would love to send you some information. If you're doing something big for God, we need his hand. If you feel overwhelmed about doing any of these types of things, good. That's what it's supposed to feel like. You're supposed to feel dependent upon him. That's what God is calling us to do. Marriage, a new job, parenting. Oh my gosh, parenting. It's the hardest job on the planet. Kids will just drain the energy right out of you. They will just drain the anointing right out of you. All of it. Our children, we love them so much. Cover your ears, kids. I'm talking about you for a minute. It's the biggest job on the planet. It's supposed to be. These kids that we're raising to know God. It's a hard job. We need his hand. We need his hand. Ephesians 3.20 tells us. I love this. You need to put this to Scripture, uh, to memory. God's power at work within us is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare to ask for or even imagine. How do you know that God's hand is not on you because you're tired all the time? Why? Because you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to use your own energy, your own power, your own strength. You're trying to fulfill your own purpose on your own. But if you will ask, he'll do more, infinitely more than you could ever ask or think. The Bible says that Peter cried out, Lord, save me, and right away, Jesus' hand reached out and picked him up because Peter was physically in over his head. He could not save himself. Jesus did all of that. God is saying, if you'll ask, I'll do infinitely more. Whatever you can imagine, I'm bigger. Whatever you can think of, God is better. Whatever you think it is that he wants you to do, his anointing can help you do more, whatever that is. And people will often say, I don't feel his presence. And I get that because I want to feel him all the time. Like when I was standing back there and you were singing, I could feel him. But it's not about what you feel. It's about being filled. It's not about what you feel. It's about being filled. And so the action step that I want you to take today is to surrender to God's spirit daily. You say, well, Jesse, I'm already a a child of God. Am I filled? Yes, but there's more. There's more. There's more to God every day. I, I, I sing that old song, more of you, more of you. God, I want more of you and God's spirit can give you more power, more anointing, more each and every day. Ephesians 5.18, it's not on your outline or on the screen, but he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, don't look for other things to give you courage. Be filled with my Spirit. That's what God is asking us to do today, to submit to him daily, to yield to him daily, to surrender to his Holy Spirit daily. Amen? Amen. Number three, would you write this down? His hand will bring spiritual strength. His hand will bring spiritual strength. Galatians 5 and 16 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If the Holy Spirit is guiding your life, the odds are you're not doing what your sinful nature craves. You can't sustain doing great things and his hand cannot go with you if sin is a barrier. Amen. And so you may tread water for a while, but ultimately like Peter, the wind, the waves of sin will overcome you and you'll drown if you don't cry out, Lord, save me. You need his hand to reach down and guide you. If you think back to our opening scripture about Jabez, the very first line is, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. What did that mean? That his heart was turned toward God. And so if our heart is turned toward God, then sin is not a barrier to God's hand leading and guiding us every step of the way. When Peter was pulled up by, the, by uh, Jesus from the water, Jesus, this is such a cool picture, walked back with Peter to the boat. He got him in the boat safely, but he called out something inside of Peter that Peter and all the other disciples needed to repent of. And that was this, why do you doubt? Why do you have so little faith? And then the Bible says that they worship. See, many people don't experience the hand of God because their view of God keeps them from approaching God. People don't experience the hand of God because their view of God keeps them from approaching God. We come to God in a way that we feel unworthy we don't feel like we can approach him because we're ashamed and we don't feel like we're good enough. So let me just set the record straight right now. We are unworthy. We are shame in our, our sin and we aren't good enough, but there's good news. Jesus came so that we didn't have to be unworthy, so that we didn't have to be unrighteous, so that we could be Come to God in a way that is bold. And and the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come, what? Boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find God's grace to help in time of need. Our approach to God changes when our view of God changes. Some of you maybe just see God as a crutch and that's your view. But can I tell you that if you see God only as a crutch, then you'll only be able to do what you do in your own power. That God will give you more than what you could ever ask or think. The Bible says that when they return to the boat, that they worshipped. That they worshipped. So your action step for this point is simply this. Confess my sin and worship daily. Confess my sin and worship daily today if you don't know Jesus. And you can't have God's hand lead you because you haven't invited him in. You can't have his spirit lead you because you haven't surrendered to him. So I want to pray. And for those of you watching online today, if you've never asked Jesus to be the savior of your life, the leader, the boss, as we would say in kid's place of your life, then I want to pray a prayer today. And everybody in this room is going to pray the prayer with me so that you can know that there's an army behind you. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again today I confess my sin. I ask you to help me to follow you. May your hand guide me and may I do your will in Jesus name. Amen. Can we give God a hand for those that came to him today? Those online. Now, for those of you in the room that you already know Jesus, there's an action step for us as well. Today, I want you to, to check that box on the back that says, I will practice the action steps so God's hand can lead me. Because I want to tell you, God's going to send a storm or allow a storm sometimes to get the soil of our, of our soul, like moved and shaken. And you're going to need his hand. You're going to need his hand when that opposition comes. And so today, would you confess? Would you repent? Would you surrender? Would you worship? Every day, confess, repent, surrender, and worship. I love the story of the Olympian in Barcelona in 1992, Derek Redmond. He had... Practiced and trained his entire life to become great in the area of track and field and So as Derek was on the big stage in 1992 at the Olympics at the starting blocks the the gun went off And he took off he was favored to win the 400 meter He was running the race of his life And as he came around the back stretch in the last turn of the race, he fell to his face with searing pain up the back of his right leg. His hamstring had torn. And as the medical team came to approach him, he waved them off and he said, it was like animal instinct. I fought to get to my feet and he stayed in the lane and he began to hop toward the finish line. The other runners had long finished and they were pleading with him, let us help you. And he, he, he in tears and in, in pain, he, he waved them off. When all of a sudden a, a man, a big man came out of the stands in a oversized 1990s t-shirt and just do it Nike hat. And he came to him and he put his arms around him and at this point security is trying to get to him and he waves him off and it's, it's Derek's father, Jim. And he wraps his arms around him and he, he takes his hand and he says, son, you don't have to do this. And he says, yes, I do. And he said, then we're gonna do it together. And they begin to walk and hobble toward that finish line. And the race was long done, but the crowd was standing cheering and clapping and weeping for this father that had come alongside his son to finish the race. Can I tell you today that there is a father in heaven that has left the stands of glory to come down to you. to lead you with his right hand to make sure that you finish and this same God that was with Jabez is leading you and this same God that's got Peter out of the water is leading you this same God he is here today and he is here for you amen would you stand God we love you let's pray together Father we thank you That you are the same God that left heaven in your son Jesus to come and save us. That by your spirit, Lord, you are able to come and you are able to help us in our time of need. That God, no matter what race we're running, if we're grieving, if we've lost our family, if we've lost our job, God, no matter what opposition has come against us, you are that same God. And we thank you. So, God, now we surrender. We confess, God, search us and look in us and see if there's anything that is not of you and help us, God, to surrender each day to you and to leave each day in worship, thanking you for what you're going to do. God, we're dependent upon you and we thank you. You're that same God. Amen.